I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Mutant Ages. It's been a little while. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. I apologize if there's an echo in here. There's even less furniture in this room right now, so there's even more of an echo. It doesn't actually sound like it on my end, but I guess I'll worry about that well, later. Well, that's when because I'm, I'm talking it. very softly into the microphone in hopes. I'm sure you'll talk softly for the entire yes, episode. Yes, I never scream whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, sometimes we have things to scream about because this is a show where we what <laughs> watch every adaptation of the X Men, and we're back after a little holiday break. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. It's been a whole year for me because I went time traveling with cable. It's true. Also, it's 2019 when we're recording this. So in a way, we haven't put out an episode since last year. Oh, shit. You're right. Which is a huge difference. I don't know. Anyway, we are smack dab in the middle of the Dark Phoenix saga on X-Men, the animated series. What's the Dark Phoenix? Well, Ryan, it's a little thing I like to call feminism. Heard of it? (laughs) Uh, I mean, is it though? (laughs) I mean, it's supposed to be, but it's really not on this show. Yeah, it's actually really not. Uh, This this episode, I don't think you can skip it, but it is not one of the more fun Phoenix episodes that we've had. I mean, it was fun for me to watch because Maddie made a joke last time where she envisioned the Hellfire Club as a Dungeons and Dragons group. Oh my god! And that joke has delivered, folks. Yes, and if you if you approach this episode thinking of the Hellfire Club as a D&D group, it's so much better. It is really fun. And they all have capes now and they all have like <laughs> costumes that they're putting on and it's, it's oh, fun. It's it a is fun, fun but I do need to put a disclaimer that for whatever reason, there's multiple different instances in this where there's a lot of weird like like body issue stuff going on like and i don't know if it's intentional because phoenix is embodying a body but also there's like other jokes in there and then like there's other jokes about people being ugly and it was kind of like a lot so if that is something that's going to bother you i mean we won't obviously like sit there and repeat it but i would say we're not going to be like we love this yeah (laughs) that's not going to be what this episode is but yeah it's definitely like an unintentional or possibly intentional theme of this episode but i don't actually think it's supposed to be a theme i think some of it is just like weird lazy writing and then that's combined with like some of the other strangeness of the final plot point with yeah. mastermind it's still a fun episode i i will yeah, give it I that mean, it's got fun parts but yeah we'll get to it anyway previously on the x-men previously Jean... on the x-men there were some x-men and also <laughs> the hellfire club 
and Dark which Phoenix isn't just called stood the there. Club in this show. It's called the Circle Club, which they actually call it that in one of the lines Wait, in this episode. Okay, so at one point during this episode, I was like, I think I figured out why it's called the Circle Club. It's because all the dudes, like you know Shaw and Leland and uh-huh, Mastermind, uh-huh. they all just stand around and do a circle jerk at all times. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. They do that. But also, I think they can't say Hellfire because it's a kid's right. show. But also, because they're all super gay, a circle is definitely not straight. Well, so. whatever. This this episode is, is pretty flamboyant, but we say that about every episode on this show. You know but what? That's sometimes we... we're right. And in this instance, we are right. <laughs> So wait, you know what? Speaking of which, about flamboyancy, um, one of our <laughs> listeners who also has a podcast was talking to me, and he said that he's like, I know that your favorite ship with Wolverine is Gambit. I'm like, actually, my favorite ship is Wolverine and Storm. Nightcrawler. Oh, really? Oh, and Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler. It's Wolverine and Storm, or Wolverine and Nightcrawler. But you wouldn't know that because I always just talk about how much Gambit and Wolverine are fucking on the anime. Well, that's series. because this. It, this show that we're currently watching makes it seem that way. We just we just take what we're given here. Nightcrawler isn't even on this show yet. We can't no, even add I that mean, in. There's gonna be so, like a Storm Wolverine episode later on, but we haven't gotten there yet. We've we're working with what we got. Yes. Anyway, why is that relevant to this episode? No, because we were talking about flamboyancy, and it just reminded oh. me of that. And I wanted to tell that story. So okay, anyway, that's fair. Shout out, uh, anyway. talking snicked. Yeah, we should get this episode started. I'm babbling at this point. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm trying, so I'm mostly I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to think about like what to even recap at this point because we're like well into season three. Well, so Jean has been overtaken by the Phoenix Force, which is this energy force, and it doesn't really matter what. Yeah, it is. and they went to hold on, and the X Men went, went to, to space. space. That's how it happened. Lelandra was fleeing the Shi'ar Empire. But is any of that relevant now? It is in how the Phoenix even got there. Because yeah, like she took but... the Kara crystal that her crazy brother was going to use that contained the guardian of the crystal, which was the Phoenix, which possessed Jean Grey. Now we're kind of back to Earth. And Jean has to deal with the trappings of Earth life. Oh, also Jean flew into the sun and supposedly died. But there yes. was an episode that didn't really recap how she came back to life yet. But because that it was episode is going to be randomly plopped into the mix at some point. We'll get there right. when we get there. That'll be fun. That'll probably be confusing to just suddenly watch that in the middle of a different plot line that we're going to get to. Uh, but yeah, at some point that we haven't yet seen because the episodes aired out of order Jean stopped living inside of the center of the sun came back to earth is the phoenix still and has to deal with the day-to-day life of being in a relationship with cyclops and just having kind of a boring time as an x-man boring that is yeah and her own mixed feelings about that while also dealing with this force inside her that wants to experience all of these new exciting sensations like evil And also oh. Wolverine's penis. <laughs> Just a couple couple fun things the Phoenix is fantasizing about. No, these it's days. actually kinda it's you could tell that this is the Phoenix's first time because she's like, Oh yeah, I think Mastermind is sexy. And it's oh, like And it's like, God, you oh, could do better, no. Phoenix. Although in this episode I feel like the Phoenix kind of figures that out, which is kind of fun, but we'll get there. It's All not right. until like the very end that she's like, wait a second. What am I doing here? Wait, we and have she's to put up like, with like 23 minutes okay, of so not that. First of all, we open up with Charles Xavier, who's uselessly sitting at home, home just screaming at no one, going, <laughs> Cyclops, answer me. 
Um, and this, he is uses like, his... this is what Xavier does in his free time. He just screams out the X-Men's oh, names. He does do that. But also, this is the scene that made me realize this was the first episode of X-Men, the animated series I ever saw as a kid. <gasps> wow. Because I, I remember the very first time I saw an episode, it was Xavier using his mind, uh-huh. which allowed him to like... Tap into Cerebro. Well, in yeah, oh, he, in this scene, he it's like this crazy animation where it's this perspective that's his first person as it floats through all the different hallways of the Hellfire Club. Uh huh. Which, which is cool. That's not his power, but well, it no, looks cool. But he's envisioning himself in the Hellfire Club trying to find Gene, basically, yeah. or Cyclops or whoever. All the X Men have been kidnapped by the Hellfire Club, so he's just trying to find them. Right, and, and it, was, it was that scene, that animation that I first remembered because i was homesick or something and x-men was on and <laughs> that was that was what was playing and then i remember the next day when i was still sick it was like a weird island episode they were just playing them out of order i think uh-huh. I, it was just really funny to be like oh that's the first time i ever saw the x-men cartoon i didn't see the first two seasons for whatever reason i think it just like aired at a time that was unusual for, for me you. to get yeah. to that's kind of fun i mean you picked kind of a weird episode to jump on for but i mean at least i was here for the dark phoenix and we all know that i fucking love her so you know yeah that's true and emma frost is here i know you got in a way you got kind of lucky because you got some characters you like i mean you had already been reading the comics before you saw the yeah show, that's true right? wolverine was there i knew who wolverine and cyclops were of course. storm so you you were kind of starting a good place although you missed out on all the fun jubilee episodes of the first season so that's oh, too yeah. bad oh i knew who jubilee was also but i remember when i was a kid watching this show and reading the comics i didn't really understand who gene gray was or rogue yet right right and i can't really blame you because in these episodes gene doesn't really use her powers in like a normal way like every now and then she sets people on fire as the phoenix nowadays but like a lot of the mind stuff in these episodes is emma and masterminds doing right and gene doesn't really fight back with her mind so how would you even know as a kid what her powers were besides the fire stuff? You wouldn't really see any of it. Yeah, exactly. Although speaking of Emma, we're about to see her because Xavier's trying to like float through the halls and he gets cut off because Emma's... Using her mind okay, it's on a crazy control though. panel? I know. Like, she's got her like forehead there. pressed against a control panel and there's like little radio waves. And I'm yeah, like, leaving Emma's her brain mind. can control computers. Didn't you know? I mean, that was my speculation last time when she was like, I hacked into Cerebro, but like didn't say how she did it. I was like, so did she psychically hack in? Because that's kind of cool. That's like, something Sage could do because she does have like uh, the yeah, ability to communicate with machines. Sage isn't around, so it has to be She Emma. should be that because would be cool. she's part of the Hellfire Club at this point, but whatever. Yeah, but there's only room for two goth corseted ladies in this episode, and right. Emma is one of them. So she's using this control panel to somehow repel Xavier trying to find everyone, and it works for now. By the way, there's a bunch of sexy maids in this mansion, and like just other people RPing as I various mean, like I think medieval. A, I, I thought they were pretty tame for the Hellfire Club. I mean, yeah, but I was still like, what time period is anyone's outfit from? Which was like very unintentionally funny to me because it's like you have maids who are kind of Victorian-ish and then Whatever, you have the Hellfire like, Club is weird. <laughs> they, it's just a, it's a very mixed RP where people are allowed to come in with whatever goofy costumes they already own. And yeah, it's like when you go character. to a Ren Fair and like, yes. you know, the people who work there are dressed up as a Ren Fair, but people who attend like wear yes. what they think would be worn at a Ren Fair. And but then like, you just some have, like, of it is like centuries off in terms yes. of tone. It's, that's it pretty much exactly what's going like on that. here. 
yeah, yeah. It's really funny. So there's these sexy but not too sexy maids walking around. And, and since Xavier, Xavier gets, gets cut off. Oh my god. This is when Xavier like summons Cerebro like it's a fucking yeah. witch hat. He's like, Cerebro, come to me. Cerebro is also voiced by the same voice actor who does Xavier, I think, which is again what confuses me so much every time they use this intentional idea. because i think it was supposed to be like xavier has recorded himself in there like and so then cerebro talks back to xavier and is like the signal's confusing and impenetrable and xavier's like okay well that's good to know no he doesn't <laughs> say that he literally screams probe further which i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah. And so then we get to see the X-Men who are kidnapped and they're all wearing like collars. Oh, wait, don't forget that Xavier passes out because he's like, he puts it down and he says, I have to rest. And I was like, you didn't do anything. Yeah. He's just like probe further to Cerebro because Cerebro can apparently work on its own in this world <laughs> and just like continue to do stuff without Xavier, which doesn't really make sense, but that's fine, I guess. And so Xavier goes off to take a nap by himself. And that's the end of Xavier. Thankfully, we don't need to deal with him anymore. You're right. But- he never comes back. I already like <laughs> forgot that. I uh, why I didn't because like on this show he's pretty fucking useless. I, I was know. just rewatching some X Men Evolution. At least he had like a purpose there. But on this show, all he did was like give people PTSD and just like not do anything I you know, know. sometimes you'd float around this is also one of those episodes where there's so much going on that they like almost don't have time for him so I feel like the opening scene is probably just them trying to explain why Xavier can't help anyone so they can get him out of the way and then just <laughs> focus on the like 16 characters that are in this <laughs> I do mansion like it, I do like if you're like oh I just had a hard workout I have to go lie down <laughs> I mean he did nothing and achieved nothing and he, <laughs> then he leaves so anyway the X-Men are all kidnapped except it's worth noting Wolverine right. isn't there because he's no, going to show up No, but all the X-Men are in bondage, which is also important they to They are in Mr. Sinister-esque bondage, except now they've been kidnapped by a different group of gay men, which is <laughs> Leland I mean, and Shaw and the rest of these jokers. And so Leland and Shaw are having like a little tiff where they're fighting over whether or not Shaw did a good job kidnapping the X-Men or not. And oh, Shaw is like, admit it, you were wrong and I did it. And Leland is hopefully like, well, why not just dispose of them? And Shaw is like, they'll make nice lab rats, don't you think? For what? We don't know. And Emma walks in and says that Xavier's been trying to track them and she blocked him. And right. Shaw is like, if your power fails us, dot, dot, dot. And then he's interrupted by Mastermind walking in with Jean, who's wearing well, her okay. new RP outfit, which is... Oh, yes, yes, you're right. We can get to that in a second. Whatever. But hold on. There's that second there where uh, Sebastian's like, if you can't do it, we'll give it somebody else more yes, competent. He says that to Emma. And Emma looks so pissed off. Yeah. Because she's done all the work at this point. Yeah, and it's also the implication being like we only have room for one sexy lady in our club who has mind powers, and it might be Jean. She might. I be know, and Emma's you. also like, "I'm the one running. I'm the dungeon master, not yeah. you." She doesn't say that, but there's like some we know fun she side it. eye from Emma in this episode, where like she is redeemed by just everyone else being an idiot, and she's still there at the end, being like, "Well, as the one person who didn't fuck up, she's like, I'm gonna leave. Goodbye." Um. So anyway. Anyway, now Jean's here. What is Jean wearing, by the way? 
Jean is wearing a <laughs> cape that has a red lining. It's blue and it's connected with a red rose. She has like a Anne of Green Gables bun, like massive Victorian bun and a beauty mark on her face. I don't and know where a, the beauty mark came from. I don't but either. But she's also, got, she's also got a black corset and black panties with blue tights and a collar with spikes on it. A black collar with silver spikes. She looks like she's going to Man Ray. Like, I was going to say, is she going to a ministry which concert? is a goth club that used to be here in Boston in the 90s and is now gone forever. Oh my God. I just realized what you were saying. Yeah, Man, Man Ray, Ray, the old goth club. Did you ever go there? Because I no, didn't. we were too young to go. I thought so. I was like, how did you even know to reference that then? Um, well, I was just thinking about it the other day because I was thinking about how we never got to go to it because it was like before our time. I don't remember why it came up, but anyway, it, it, this show came out in the time period when goth clubs were a thing you could still go to, and Jean That's definitely true. looks like she would fit in at one. It was this a lot is of the industrial. kind of outfit that, as a youngster, I was looking at, being like, "That's so sexy and cool." Of I course, know. Me now too. I'm like, this is the corniest shit i've ever seen in my life like, <laughs> but that, that's also around the time of like moulin rouge and lady yes. mommer lot we were like Rocky oh my god and so on and so yeah on. remember when i went through that phase where i was uh i was just kept on calling everything we were just a dominatrix. With dominatrixes as I don't an know. idea I, I, I think be, this was actually a huge influence on it like I think this, it was this episode, combined with maybe rocky horror that's yeah, my guess i would i think like maybe a lot a of the moulin black rouge. queen stuff like i was very into sage too for a lot of the same reasons just her aesthetic and her look I a lot of that was like a fashion influence on me and a lot of the like OCs that we were designing suddenly had whips and like became <laughs> sexy doms for a brief period of time in this, uh, in this uh, time, including, so. including me because I created the vampire around that time who was mm-hmm. just wearing like a sexy leather pants and trench coat but nothing else you yeah. know a yeah. huge boots also with heels yeah we were virgins, in case anyone's curious. <laughs> this was when we were still too young to understand. But what ironically, we were the Dark Phoenix is also a virgin here, so she should understand for us. That's a good point, actually. That's an important part of this episode. Yes. So when Cyclops sees his beautiful lady friend dressed okay. as a goth, his face he just is screams, amazing. No, and it's really also funny. there's like 50 different shots in her. That's just a shot of Scott making the most horrified, shocked face ever. <laughs> Like, and they're funny every time. It's super funny. And so Shaw is just like, shut the fuck up to the X-Men. And then he goes on this little monologue where he's like, the Circle Club is an impregnable fortress. You X-Men were allowed to enter so I could have the pleasure of introducing you to the club's newest member. And then it's Jean. And he, she like removes her cloak to reveal the rest of her stupid I outfit. I thought you were going to say she removes her beauty mark. She doesn't. That would be really funny. She was like, this is <laughs> removable. It's not even real. She's like, now I'm, it's like when I wear the birthmark, I am the Dark Phoenix. And when I take it off, I'm Jean. <laughs> that's like the kind that's of, that's like the stupid bullshit. Episode. Mr. Sinister would do. Yeah, it is. Except that's not actually part of this episode. That's just no, part of the fan fiction that we were working on. Uh, anyway, down in the sewer, there's a couple of guys who are looking for Wolverine. They, by the way, I think they're called. No, they're not. Well, they're maybe putties. they are. I don't know. I'm going to keep calling putties. them putties. I, I was going to call them Hellions, but Hellions is the name of Emma's school and her students. So that's not I don't not know correct. what the just lackeys are called in this. I don't no, remember. We'll just call them they don't ever it's easy. say. So they're putties. They look like 
buddies. Um, and they're wearing goofy masks and we never see their faces, which is why it's going to be so easy for Wolverine to just stone cold murder all of them later. He really like, seriously does, though. I know. Like, straight up just kills everybody. It's great. So they're making conversation with each other about how like, oh, no one could have survived this fall. But Shaw said to find the body. And then Wolverine, who obviously survived the fall, busts out of the water and he's growling at them. They can't find him yet. Wolverine sneaks up on them. Oh no, it's so good because he's like, that's a shot of the putties walking by the sewer and they're making a comment about, I don't want to go in there, but Wolverine's like above them on the ceiling, like fucking Batman. Yeah, And he just like jumps down. He's like, go for a swim. Go on in. The water's fine. And he kicks him in the water, which is a cool line. And he goes into another room and sees another dude. And then he does this fun, long monologue at the guy. I don't know why he's doing this. I think he's just distracting the guy because the guy's holding a gun pointed at Wolverine and he's like trembling and as Wolverine walks up to him to disarm him he's like distracting him being like I know what you're thinking bub question is can I get it get Wolverine before he turns me into shish kebab with those claws and it goes on and on and eventually he concludes it with do I feel lucky and then steals the guy's gun and is like now where are the other x-men except it's like you know longer than that anyway they they were just making wolverine as cool as possible here i know but it's not gonna last the the jokes are gonna get worse no but i definitely think that writing influenced all my writing when i was a teenager because that sounds like something i would write it's like so bad feeling looking at me right now probably pretty scared (laughs) yeah right that (laughs) shit yeah it's a lot of that uh so meanwhile we're gonna go to the super gay scene but you can't tell it's gay at first because it's shaw and mastermind going back and forth about mm-hmm. like who can control gene but they're like just really hitting on each other the whole time yeah it's very weird and sexual between the two of them and not like, including gene gray at all well, even though that's and what they're talking Emma about is also there, sort of in the background so that you have these sort of two women characters that are like being fought over in a sense but like really it's just about the power play between the two men in the room right which is also weird because Wingard looks almost exactly like Shaw. And then I was wondering if that was like an intentional design choice. Like one of them has black hair and one is brown, but they both have such similar looks that I was like, are we supposed to be like comparing them in some way? Maybe they think they're both cosplaying the same character, but one's doing like (laughs) a different variation of it. I I don't don't know. know. I had to really pay attention to whether we were looking at the black haired or the brown haired one. Which one of us is the better black king? They both look the freaking same just according to design, but whatever. Um, So Shaw is talking to Jean and listeners should remember that Mastermind was the one who was trying to romance gene before and then in this line it's shaw sort of hitting on gene at first and being like your power and beauty are awe-inspiring and emma is like look at you sniffing after her like a mongrel dog i know and then i love to it emma mastermind says don't worry my love i can control him too so we're just in this like a weird sex ring now where like everyone is saying sexual comments about everyone I, I, yeah but also everyone is jealous of everyone else in this situation i mean it's basically like the evil x-men then yeah but also you know what's really funny is that all the x-men for most of the episode are just standing there watching this being like also, what like, is happening chains and like being subjugated like there's right. still that layer going on but they're still just sitting there watching it like uh yeah they don't know what to do <laughs> is it, oh my god a mastermind sitting on the chair with his legs like sprawled way open in shaw's direction too during this and i was like what is going on <laughs> okay so then they keep trying to get gene back out of the room and into the room again which is a little <laughs> funny so shaw is 
saying to Gene, he's like, why don't you freshen up while I order dinner? So they like <laughs> shove Gene into another though? room quickly for no reason. But like in retrospect, they're just like, Gene, let's make you leave the room, but come back in like two seconds later. Yeah, like two seconds later, <laughs> we're going to drag her back in. And so while Gene is briefly not in the room, Shaw turns to Mastermind and is like, you say she loves you. Is that real or is it another illusion? And then Mastermind is like, oh, you're jealous. And Shaw's like, of you and your cheap tricks? Never. And then while they're making out, Emma's <laughs> like, would you two geniuses think for a second? We can't deceive and control the Phoenix forever. Yeah, it's Shaw great. and Mastermind are like blatantly trying to fuck each other and emma's just like oh my god please stop we're trying to play a game here and so she points out the obvious which is that the phoenix is more powerful than all of them and that she could easily turn on them and they're then they'd be completely fucked and mastermind is like i've introduced her to dark emotions she'd never dreamed of she wants more she wants to fuck and shaw is still like are you sure we can control her mastermind's like i can okay this is also the third conversation we've had in the past minute where they're like do you think we can control the phoenix and they just <laughs> like this thing just, this is the only conversation they're having repeatedly. yeah they have that conversation 60 times and guess what folks they can't <laughs> yeah, so sometimes they make gene leave the room and then they're like they have it again then they make gene come back in the room and then they're like we have to have the conversation again so you need to leave <laughs> this next line is when shaw is like okay bring her back in and i was like why did you make her leave like why <laughs> <laughs> do this but whatever okay so in the kitchen we see the hot maids again and then we see this random guy <laughs> who's wearing glasses and like calling the kitchen staff i guess to get He's a like, bottle of wine my chateau calamari 59 Ding, finally yeah the dumb waiter rings and it's like his wine delivery but it's also wolverine who busts just, out of the okay. elevator he ju- he jumps out and punches this dude who's like just a patron. Yeah, he's just a guy. Lauren's not even attacking anybody like in the club. He's just like punching anybody he sees for the fuck of it. I mean, I guess he doesn't know the difference between like one pompous asshole and I mean, to be fair, no, everybody's wearing like, again, if we went to a Ren fair and there were four actually evil people, they're also in costume. Would we know who they are? No, we wouldn't. And so one can't fully blame Wolverine here. But yeah, I mean, it's a fair point that we don't even know who this guy is or what he's affiliated with. I mean, with. clearly he's not. I mean, he's wearing glasses. Yeah, it's, so he must be evil. <laughs> yeah, so but then Wolverine does a thing where he walks over to Turkey and slices okay, yes. him with this with we- which claw. is a gift that I've seen so many times for like Thanksgiving Day, and I was like, really? That's where that gift is from? Okay, is but Wolverine I, don't, I forgot that like turkey? he did. Yeah, because he also stands there and he screams turkey at the camera and walks away and i was like why did he do that it's really weird it's like okay so i guess wolverine was hungry or promoting turkey i don't know sponsored by turkey i did laugh at him looking around the corner and seeing like more guys in weird outfits and just saying where do these guys do their shopping which yeah, is I like know. just i don't even it's an it's extremely what, basic yeah, joke you wolverine wearing yellow and blue i know like wolverine doesn't look good okay and then it gets sad because this is where wolverine just says to no one after beating up those guys he goes now to find the fat slob who took me out or whatever i think it took me a really long time to figure out that he meant leland because i like didn't even really fully register leland as being fat like yeah I neither just, had i and also like it doesn't like, matter who's he talking about this is this is where the weird body start stuff starts happening because wolverine makes a bunch of like anti-fat comments for like About the next Leland, 10 minutes but because also Leland was the person who knocked him into the sewer before but like I didn't even remember that first of all so like I don't know it's dumb I thought yeah, it I was dumb I mean I think again it was one of those things 
because I messaged you after I watched it where I was like, this just reminded me about how the 90s, like, being fat was a joke. Like, that was the joke that we and did. And it's so also, it's not, like, the automatic descriptor that anybody thinks of for a character right. who and weighs it, uh, even so you can't even really, like, blame the, the characters. writers of the show because this is just, like, what Maybe you can't. Maybe you won't, but I will. I think it's shitty. I think it's, like, not good writing. I don't no, know. Okay, fine. That's true. But I'm saying that, like, back in the 90s, this is just what we did. And it was like, it wasn't okay. And I, I don't know, it gets me really angry because, like, I mean, you know, like, you know my feelings on this, where I just... Yeah, like, I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. I think like it's bullying crappy. people I knew because they were overweight, even because, like, it was a joke that they were told by cartoons like this that fat people are a joke. And I was, like, really mad about that because, like, that's not okay, you know? And it just affected people that I knew personally. And it was, like, I don't know. So when I see shit like this on an old show, it gets me all angry again, so... Yeah, I wasn't happy about it. And unfortunately, it's not and, just like, it one keeps joke. Happening. It's gonna, it's like, gonna be a few more, so... I wasn't happy about it because, I mean, we just said why. Anyway, back yeah. to the circle jerk. <laughs> They're all sitting around a circle, circular table pouring apple juice for each other. I don't know what it is. It looks like apple juice. It doesn't look like wine. And they're cheersing their new queen. It's like sparkling cider or something. I don't know. I guess. It's in a jug. And then... In the background, the X-Men are still tied up, and Cyclops tries to send a psychic message to Jean, except the entire oh, psychic message God, is he's Cyclops by going, screaming her name. That's and repeatedly, it. That's we just, the message. It's just like this full minute of Scott going, Jean! 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 Jean. Jean. <laughs> it kind of works briefly, where Jean suddenly looks like kind of worried, and like she's hearing really. the message, or like seeing Cyclops and remembering Cyclops exists, and that he's her lover and not but, this other person. But only for a split second, though. It's like very, uh, yeah. it's and not then enough Emma to snap and Wingard intercept it again, and like delete Cyclops from her brain again. And then right. we get this other scene where Cyclops is inside of Jean's oh, head. This is all from the, this is canon. This actually happens in the comic. Well, good, because I loved this scene because it was hilarious and crazy. So okay. Cyclops is wandering through the smoke, and then Wingard and Jean walk through a door. We're on the astral plane. Let's let's just say well, that. Well, they're not. They're supposed to be inside Jean's head. Maybe they're okay. on the astral plane in the comic, but at least in this, well, I mean, I think the astral plane and being in somebody's head is kind of like one in the, the same. same idea. I mean, who cares? Anyway, they're in Magic Land, and so Wingard shows up with Jean, and he's like, "I thought it was time we ended our little game." Mr. Summers, a duel. No okay, quarter this is so funny, by the way. He literally slaps him across the face. It goes, a duel. To which Cyclops goes, my eyes. Yeah, because he slaps his glasses off of him. And again, since Scott has no idea how to close his eyes in these situations, Scott keeps them open. But luckily this time, it doesn't matter because, because he, he doesn't have any powers in right, this he's realm. on. He's in the astral planer on Gene's head, which Mastermind points out. He's, yeah. like, you, he's like, why would you have powers here? Yeah, he's like, you're in my world now, inside Gene's mind. And then he puts scott in like a colonial outfit like he looks like he's gonna fight the british like that is the time it's, period it's of what so his outfit much. is and so then they start fighting with swords but they're like epes like like fencing swords oh mastermind like carves an x into cyclops's shirt right well yeah because he's an x-men right yep and then he rips all cyclops clothes off and just fucks him well, it's pretty gay. But anyway, they're fighting each other. 
And then it seems kind of like Cyclops is holding his own surprisingly well for someone who probably doesn't know how to fence at all, but he's like doing fine, except the rest of the world keeps attacking Scott and like, like he'll just suddenly fall into a pit or like all these other things keep popping up in the world that will attack him in addition yeah, to like him I think having he to do the sword off fight. Like a bouncy spider web into a staircase that turns into a slide. Yeah, stuff like that. And then while all that's going on, Mastermind is like, you can't fight a whole world, you pathetic little XX man. And I was kind of like, it seems preliminary to say that he's an XX man. I mean, just because he's been kidnapped doesn't mean he's not an X-Man anymore. Yeah, also all the X-Men are there with him, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That was kind of silly. But um, then... Scott ends up in a forest and a vine grabs his ankle and Scott is like, stop your illusions and fight me like a man. And then Mastermind is like, it's not me that's doing it, you blind fool. Gene's own mind is helping me to destroy you. And Cyclops is like, no, I don't believe it. You did this to her. And he tries to slice Wingard, but Wingard disappears. And then Scott is like, sees Gene and is like, I've come to free you. And then Jean does her little Phoenix monologue here where she's like, I've already been freed, set free from the constraints of sympathy and morality that bind ordinary human beings. Free from your dumbass. Yeah, I wish she said that. The Phoenix force inside me aches for sensation. Jason Wingard has shown me the way. And Scott is like, this is not your mind. Wingard okay, is deceiving you. Okay, but like, see, you. this whole, th- this is again, it's like, I don't think that was a Phoenix talking. I think that was like legitimately Gene. Gene. just Gene. I mean, some of it is like, some of it is the Phoenix aching for sensation, as she says. Yeah. I don't think that stuff is Jean, but some of it is like, was Jean kind of bored being with Cyclops and never getting to do anything like um, that? I think so, because it becomes like apparent later that she loves Logan and not Cyclops, but we'll get there. Yeah. But anyway, in the meantime, the Phoenix starts maniacally laughing and screaming the dark joy of destruction like at no one. (laughs) And then Mastermind quickly adds the end of Scott Summers. But he's the one who says that, not Gene. And then they hit him. Uh, And then Scott just stands there looking horrified and takes it like he's like, all right. Mastermind stops Cyclops because Cyclops doesn't even fight back. Well, because at that point, he thinks Gene doesn't even exist slash love him anymore because she basically just told him, I don't care about you because I'm the yeah, Phoenix now. I know. I so know. that's some real shit, you know. So then he falls down in real life. The storm screams, Cyclops! <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he falls down in real life as well. And Shaw asks if he's dead. And Wingard is like, if the mind is defeated, the body soon follows. And yeah, but then Cyclops immediately moans and storm screams, Cyclops again and blatantly giving away that he's fine. It's like Storm stops screaming. Yeah, like as soon as Cyclops groans again, Storm screams Cyclops lives and it's like way to give up the ghost like immediately (laughs) on that one. Emma then runs over and she's like, how could he have survived the shock of the destruction of his psychic image? I must know. And then she like probes his mind and she's like, he's still psychically connected to Jean Grey. That's why he lives. Again, she is the only competent person in this episode. It's crazy. I know. The only Everyone one. Everyone else is just like fucking around and repeating themselves 60 times. I know. And, and all the X-Men are still just standing there in bondage. They've had no lines. They're just kind of watching this bizarre well, I mean, D&D game unfold they can in really front of them. Do. Okay, so then Shaw and Mastermind start fighting again. again. Like, they hey, about, go back guess, to their guess little Guess about fight. what, though? What do you think it's about? Do you think we... <laughs> hold on. Quickly, send her out of the room so we can discuss if we can control her. 
<laughs> pretty much they're they just literally start fighting over whether they can control the phoenix or not and whether or not wingard's powers are real or oh, if they're wait, just they have trickery. that really gay line though though where shaw's like so wingard your powers are less than absolute and batman's mind goes they are sufficient test them and then shaw's like i agree and i'm like okay they're just gonna fuck <laughs> Yeah, it's so, so much. But it turns out the test is that he's going to try to kill Scott after all, except he just tried to kill Scott and failed. So we just did test them and they didn't work, but whatever. So uh, now Well, I wrote a note here, by the way, that says uh, a bunch of shit happens here and it's great, but I didn't write it down. So it's up to Maddie to do her best Phoenix voice. I don't know what I'm referencing because then I talk about Wolverine. So like... That is the next scene. I mean, here's what I wrote down. The X-Men start protesting again because they don't want Scott to be killed. And Jean also briefly protests. Like, as Jean, she starts shaking her head and being like, I don't want, but then doesn't finish the sentence. And then Wingard sort of turns to her and convinces her by being like, for new sensations, my love. And then the Phoenix takes over again. Jean erupts into fire and is like, for the pleasure of the Phoenix, the unbound joy of evil. And then Logan bursts into the room and is like, it's me. Remember me, everybody? And then Shaw is like, Leland, you unmitigated fool. You swore to me that Wolverine had drowned. And Logan also says, here's Johnny when he busts in. Okay, Wolverine's just screaming a bunch of shit in this. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Okay, so wait, this this scene is insane because like... First the phoenix bursts into flames, first of right, all. Right, and then the mastermind orders Jean to kill Wolverine. Yes. So she starts burning him to death. But during this, mastermind is just like, let's vote who should the new chairman should be. It <laughs> should know. be me, right? And it's like, this is crazy that this is all happening at the same time. It's really funny, though. So like, Which is also dictated. Is on, yeah. Gambit screams, get up, Wolverine, because Wolverine's getting the shit beaten out of him by the Phoenix, briefly. Um, and so the X-Men are, like, really tense. But Wingard is like, you see, Sebastian, our new queen is more powerful than the rest of the inner circle combined, and I control her. Will you yield your place as chairman, or do I have to take Wait, it? Wait, this again is a weird D D scene thing going on here again so is like the even the structure of like will you yield your place as chairman is very like i want to be party leader no i know and then they they have to agree with it by doing a thumbs up or a thumbs down yeah like they have to ask every other player in the D D game they're in whether or not they vote for the new person and so shaw predicts that they will never follow wingard and he asks Leland first, and Leland goes, you called me a fool once too often, and puts his thumbs down. And then he asks Pierce next, and Pierce goes, what Wingard says about our new queen's power is true, and does his oh, thumbs see, down. I, I just interpreted it as uh, Pierce being like, you keep on making me suck your dick, Shaw. <laughs> Maybe I want to suck somebody else's dick once in a while. <laughs> and then he goes to Emma last and Emma just goes, you wanted a new queen. Now you have her, which is yeah. like really catty, but fun. And so she yeah, does but, you know, thumbs down. I mean, it's what we want Emma Frost to I say. I enjoyed so. it. I enjoyed it. And so then Shaw turns to them all and he's like, you think you people can get away with this? I'll destroy you all. Meanwhile, Phoenix and Logan are still fighting, although it's pretty one-sided. Like, oh the my Phoenix God, is but just it's, killing it's Logan. It's like, literally, she's doing that, but then she has memories of Logan and this stops being the Phoenix. This is when she gets them. Like, she, mid-killing Logan, she's oh, right, like, and then, But she remembers second. her thing, and she just becomes Jean, and she's like, Logan! And she falls to his side and caresses him. I'm like, okay, Scott spent like 45 minutes trying to get you <laughs> like to come out of it. fighting with a sword and, like, inside the your enti- brain. Right. And the entire time you're like, no, I'm over you. And then like, 
as soon as Logan's getting hurt, she's like, I have to go to Logan. I was like, okay, Jean, you clearly love Wolverine and not Cyclops. Why are you guys still together? It's fucked up. And also the memory that she has of Logan is him shirtless, like doing kickboxing in his room. Like and that's also be, the reverie that yeah, she it's reflects that episode where, the, where she goes, Cyclops is waiting for me. I yeah, have to like, go. It's, yeah. And then Logan goes, so am I. That's her memory is her saying right. that to him. But anyway, this whole thing basically proves that she loves him more than she does. She clearly does, or at least lusts after him enough to snap her back into Jean Grey land. And so when she comes to, she goes, oh, no, Logan. But he's already been passed out from everything. And she's like, what have I done? What have I let the Phoenix do to Scott? And I was like, uh, we're back to Scott. I don't buy that, Jean. I do not buy that at all. I don't either. I think she's just trying to, like, cover up real quick. Pretend she still gives a shit. And so then Mastermind walks up quickly and is like, my queen, I have a more important job for you. Destroy Sebastian Shaw. And then Jean becomes the Phoenix again. But this time she's like, no one can control the power of the Phoenix. And then Cyclops is somehow awake now from groaning on the ground for like an hour. And he just goes, Jean, it's you. Talk to me. Help me. And she, like, actually listens and shoots a bunch of sparkles at him and at the X-Men, which destroy their handcuffs that they're all in. And at first it looks like she's hurting them, but it ends up being that she was destroying their handcuffs, which is, like, actually helpful. Right. And then the Phoenix is like, I tire of your squabbling. Amuse yourselves. And she flies through the ceiling and There's actually a really cool shot there, too, where Jean looks back at Cyclops. That's like a side view. And I thought it was, like, such a cool animation. Yeah. The animation looks really good in this still. It's been fun to watch these episodes. So then um, so now they finally all everything powers. goes into, ba- into battle. The rest of this is just like one giant battle scene, and it's all hilarious. It is. It's fun to watch. Most of it is Scott blasting people through the floor, which is pretty effective. Like, he'll just blast the floor underneath somebody. There's also the line here where Shaw just goes... I need no help from a woman to destroy the X-Men. Oh I can absorb God. all their powers. Go ahead. Try and And then Scott blasts the floor under him, which is fun. But I, I is was funny. like, that's probably about as on the nose as this episode is going to get with pointing out the fact that like the fact that the Phoenix is a female character is important to the narrative and like is something that the other dudes in this Hellfire Club feel kind of uncomfortable about. Right. Which, that's that's as much as they're going to spell it out. Is that well, 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 Yeah, I know. We'll get to that in the politics section. Uh, then I think Storm blows Emma away or something or freezes her. I don't remember. Yeah, not after Gambit like briefly tries to grab her and then she just throws him and Gambit goes, <laughs> she played rough, which is funny. And then Storm lightning bolts Emma who passes out and then Rogue keeps fighting Pierce for some reason, I guess because Pierce is made out of robot parts. And so right, it's like, so she could just kind of over evenly time. matched. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of other random dudes. Oh, Mastermind Wingard runs off because and he's, yeah, he's like, I'm going to go get my queen. And so he disappears to find the Phoenix. Storm is still electrocuting people and Pierce. And then Cyclops tells the X-Men, he's like, people mop this shit up. while I go find Jean. So him and Mastermind have now left. Mm-hmm. And then Logan Wolverine has another really Leland bad. fat oh. again. Yeah. Yeah. It's even worse. He calls him, he goes, where's the fat pig who dumped me in the sewers? And I'm like, you're being really rude, Logan. Yeah. Stop. Like, you already said that. What are you? Yeah, you don't need to say it again. Like, stop. Uh, and then Logan crashes into Leland. Beast is spitting Shaw around on his feet. Uh, Which like, is funny. And, and also like, Shaw's clothes have burned off again. So he's just like naked again. Yeah, I don't even uh, really know why he's naked. I guess because the It's Phoenix... just like a thing that Shaw does. He just takes his clothes. I mean, this is a, a, a clearly a sex club. So, mm-hmm. you know. A, a sexual role play. 
And Beast it says is, that Shaw yes. can't focus on his energy because he's spinning him, but Shaw does so anyway and leaves away, but Storm just freezes the shit out of Shaw. And yep. Shaw is like, you, you c- can't do this to me. And Storm's like, sure can, bitch. And then, you know, <laughs> freezes him anyway. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's like a bunch of and like then chaos. Gambit throws some cards at some random people. This yeah. goes on for a while. Cyclops, Cyclops is, is still looking for Jean. Okay, yeah. I like over with like uh, <laughs> Shaw throws Beast things. into Storm, and then Shaw runs to a secret passage to into his bookcase because of course he lives in a fucking clue house. Because why yeah, not? Yeah, there's a secret passage in a bookcase, which matters. Right. Um, um, and then Beast is like makes a comment about being cold, which doesn't make sense because he's the only one covered in like massive amounts of fur. Yeah, um, and also I don't know why joke. he's saying that because like well, it's Jean, because like, everything's covered in snow because Storm just froze everything. But like and whatever. So, I, don't know. Uh, I like this whole scene with rogue versus pierce though because she's just like straight up rips off his arm and mm-hmm. then she's like thanks for the hand sugar i bet these cybernetic pots cost an arm and a leg wink <laughs> but like while like, she's quipping okay. he manages to get away and run into the bookshelf so i was kind of like come on rogue get, get it together catch that oh my guy. god but i love this whole thing where like shaw's just babbling about like how the x-men caused their dnd group to like fall apart and they will get their revenge but quickly we're gonna fuck in this secret passageway yeah and pierce and shaw are just like running through the books together and presumably pierce <laughs> is like god damn it i'm stuck also, with this guy shaw again. screams that but i don't think we ever see him again on this show i think that's really? it he says they're gonna get there. their revenge i figured they would come back but maybe they never do maybe they do and i just don't remember Who i don't knows? know anyway gambit and rogan beast and pretty much everybody reconvene but they can't figure out where gene and cyclops are and obviously the rest of the hellfire club baddies have absconded into the book bookcase by this point so. oh wait no except for emma frost who literally like ran out the front door yeah because she's smart and she knows you don't need to abscond into a bookcase you can just leave <laughs> she's okay she's not that ridiculous you know what i mean she's like she's like <laughs> she's like i'm just gonna go i'm gonna get in my car and leave like i don't need any of this in my life oh yeah she's like i have she's like i'm high class but i even i don't have a bookcase that like leads to a secret passageway that's unnecessary goodbye everyone <laughs> i'm done here <laughs> so on the roof which it turns out is where the dark phoenix is just standing around mastermind hops on up there and is like you have succumbed to your nightmare again my darling but fear not i've come to rescue you to take you I back to your fucking real mastermind life. is still trying and I it's know, like he's still trying to like create the little mermaid shit again and be like uh none of this was real it was a dream and you're still my girlfriend and the phoenix is like your pathetic attempt to use me has opened my eyes and wingard is like no i cared for you and the phoenix is like through this body i held the thrill of that evil now i thirst for more i'm too powerful for your illusions okay. let the world see how truly ugly you are and okay but she like reveals moment. a bit oh my god mastermind has been casting an illusion on himself because he's just so ugly that he can never Which be accepted again, he looks fine like classically okay, but also, like, as always on this, this show again, another weird body thing going on this story she's like you are ugly you're just so disgusting looking and you have to admit that you're the ugliest person in the whole no one world would ever like you because of how ugly you are and you tricked me into liking you and the only trickery was how ugly you are and it's uh, like, it was like well, i was like what is happening with the body <laughs> stuff in this episode because like I was like, it's getting to be a little much. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of that as a twist because it was like, no, he's not evil because he's ugly and he's pretending not to be ugly. He's evil for like a billion other reasons. <laughs> no, but in this, it's, you know, he's ugly. Yeah, you're right. That's that's what's really important. And he's not even ugly. He's just like 
old and haggard and okay, like has wait. gray hair. So I need to explain this next part because it's not explained on this show where she goes, would you like to see what I truly look like? And we just get a bunch of abstract shit like they yeah. can't see in a horrifying ghost image of like the Phoenix and Mastermind screaming. Yeah. And then it goes into a catatonic state. What happens in the comic books is that the Dark Phoenix, like in revenge, gives Mastermind a taste of godlike power for two seconds and it, his brain can't handle it. That's, that's what's cool. happening here. But that's, I mean, I, I get that. I feel can't. like instead what they did was they just had the Phoenix be not ugly per se, but like viscerally horrifying to behold. And so like that tortures him in some way. Like that's the implication when he's like yeah. gazing upon the Phoenix's might and screaming in pain. I mean, it's to very be fair, I have, I have Raiders no idea how Stark one would animate that. Yeah, yeah, I don't like, know how, how you would, would you either. animate. I mean, I, I, they did the best they could. Also, That's I like think they really... were running out of time. Now I sound like you, but I actually do think they were running out of time. They could have had her say some more lines here and be like, I'll give you a taste of what it's like to be the Phoenix. And then they he had to do just a lot, has honestly. a reverie being like, oh, it's too much. It's destroying me. Like they could have animated another scene there where that happened, but they couldn't have fit that into the 23 minute runtime. Like there's no right. way they, they already crammed too much in here. So... I think they right. just have him be tortured by the idea of looking at the Phoenix and then that's sure, how and that makes sense too. Uh, and then I think Cyclops runs over and he's just still screaming Gene repeatedly. Yeah, he screams Gene 16 more times. And then the Phoenix turns to him and is like, the mortal Gene Grey is no more. I am fire made flesh, power incarnate. I am the dark Phoenix. And then she like screams in his face and flies away. <laughs> she really does. And Scott just goes, Gene? <laughs> no! <laughs> Yeah, and then he just says Gene twelve more times. To and that's like on. how the episode ends. It really, really is a an it's episode. Great, it sure is an episode. I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, this episode. Okay, so politics. This episode like almost did some stuff I really liked. It's like at the end. I almost like that moment where she confronts him and is like, you were using me like that yeah. monologue is almost great. But then at the end, it's just this weird thing where she's like, and you're ugly and I'm a pretty girl and I don't want to be with like that was, I don't know, man. I didn't like that part. And I mean, it's like she almost became a feminist there. Well, she, I think she's supposed to be symbolic of a lot of that stuff still. Even though the time period was like, you know, 60s and 70s when they were yeah. first writing these. But uh, I think that's what it was supposed to be. I mean, I'm re I'm back to reading the, the Dark Phoenix comics again, or the Phoenix Saga comics again. And a lot of it is like Cyclops having thoughts to himself, being like, Jean used to be the weakest member on the team. Now she's the strongest and having to like deal with his feelings about that, which is like at the time, I, I mean, that's a cool comic book storyline for like the 70s, you know? And I, I feel like the show, kind of does that but i'd love to see them do it more than they did because it's like instead the main reverie that cyclops has is like gene just doesn't want to have sex with me anymore as opposed yeah, to it's like, okay. feeling emasculated by it in some way which i feel like is like more interesting as a plot point to tell but and it's still ultimately about like gene deciding which of these men she wants to fuck like it's still kind of that in this episode you know right. where it's like is she gonna have sex with these new evil goth boys 
Or is she going to go back to deciding between Logan and Scott, which was like her original life? And we know that she's going to have sex with Woolery. That was very clear in this episode. I mean, yeah. I Again, this was like all the stuff that teenage me really enjoyed and didn't see as being particularly deep. But uh, as an adult, I'm kind of trying to imagine what the reading was on it. And it's still like a cool thing that like Emma's there and she's really fun to watch. But... I mean, they don't really do that much with the like, oh, women jockeying for power in this like masculine dominated supervillain world. Like they don't really delve into that. The episode doesn't have time for anything deep there. So it's just kind of a silly episode. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. My thoughts on the politics of this is I it's there's a lot of weird body stuff going on. It's like I like what you're saying about how Jean could have been a more feminist character like her coming into that realization was would have been great but she still kind of ends it with like that weird ugliness thing but that brings it back to the fact that all this is like weird body stuff like mastermind like has to create an illusion because he's just so ugly Hmm. and leland's evil because he's so fat and jean gray (laughs) is like only evil because She's just like terrifying you know, to behold now in this yeah, like, and I was fundamental like, I'm like, way. Like, and she's like, now that I'm a hot lady, I am just <laughs> so evil. And I was like, okay, like, what is going on with all this body stuff? Like, why is it all in a super negative light? Is my question. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like, this is the version of Jean that's finally really sexy, and that's definitely presented as evil. I mean, I do like, like one thing right. I do like about X Men comics, and specifically the Hellfire Club, is that like when you go evil, you also get super hot and like. <laughs> but I that's mean, it happened. does that have like necessarily... some bad connotations there where it's like if a if a sexy lady exists she's yeah i know evil. i know but it's still like the funnest and funniest costumes are are on the villain ladies so right and oh and what else also has weird body issues and this is fucking donald pierce and his yeah. fucking cybernetic things they it's don't like, get it just... into it that much in this episode but like in the comics that's a huge deal for him right and also like i feel body. like shaw's making up for himself because he's just like i am just so powerful and sexy that i you know like no thing can affect me because i'm just so great the other person who's like even remotely normal this is emma she just doesn't yeah. give a shit. She's like, you're all idiots. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. And also, I feel like the the thematic, the, the theme with Shaw and Mastermind fighting is all about Shaw saying that Mastermind is a fake, which I kept thinking about, like, I don't know if that's in the comics. I just don't remember. But that theme was so weird to me, especially given the ending where it turns out that like everything about his life is fake which is like really sad i don't know i i wasn't really sure like what as a kid you were supposed to take away from that is- i don't know but shaw shouldn't be calling anybody fake when he runs a little club of people dressed <laughs> in victorian like he's just doing a role play it all the time but that was his insult constantly over and over he kept being like oh it's just tricks it's just illusions none of your powers are real nothing you do matters like you have no actual control over your life like that was the diss that he kept saying and then he ended up being right i guess i mean i don't know or something i don't know i guess i don't know but it's also like he's still a bad guy so i don't know what it says that he ends up being correct about that but i guess we'll have to see i don't remember what else happens i do like that you you pointed out that he's fake because the whole thing about this is that everything's fake like you know what gene it's not just illusions of mastermind but it's also like what Jean is experiencing is also fake things like what she what her feelings are fake and it's just like everything's fake everything's yeah. fake it's all a game it's not real we're all in costume you know mm-hmm. yeah that's true but it's also like what actually 
is being experienced by Jean, which sort of brings us back to your principal theory that some of this is real for Jean and like which parts of it are actually her. And right. I don't know how far this show goes into that with like, what does Jean really think? Is she bored of being the underpowered X-Man and she fi- wants to finally experience these things? Like, is there a part of her that feels that way? I don't remember if the show says that, answers that or not. So I'll be curious to see where that goes. I mean, it's a cool I think plot it, line. It has to go somewhere because I think that is the plot of the Dark Phoenix. But I mean, it might be, or they might just put it to bed by being like, "Nope, that was all the Dark Phoenix," and Jean likes being on the sidelines and just helping Xavier out and yeah, like I not know. doing oh, anything else. Like, that could very well be how this storyline ends. That probably is how it does end. I mean, like she really doesn't do too much after this season. We'll see. I don't know. It might end in a more ominous way where it's like it ends that way in theory, but then like there's a whole a long shot on Jean just like st- staring into nothingness being oh like, oh my God, I does know. Does she feel that way? That would be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what Also, it I like that. Uh, th- I don't know if this really counts as a politic or not, but like this is like a whole giant fucking sex club where people are like empowering <laughs> themselves, right? Because like. It's definitely sexy. It's definitely like intentionally sexy in a way that I don't think we've seen but on it's this also show like it's since, sexy like, in that same way that Rock horror is sexy where the like all these people are villains because they're going to be evil they've been rejected by society right so they're just going to go be hot together and like have an orgy like Mm -hmm, because they're mm -hmm. just so evil but also much like in rocky horror the sexual revolution characters are still presented as evil in the end which is part of what's like bittersweet about that movie even now is like well they're still evil and they still have to like get condemned by the plot right because they can't just be sexy characters and have them be the good guys. That's like not acceptable in American well, especially society. In the X-Men. It, well, as soon as you go evil in the X-Men, you become hot and goth. That's like yeah, a thing. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like we talked about this a lot with Mr. Sinister and the Nasty Boys and like Rocky Horror and stuff is like, these are the fun characters who are really campy and like have these queer undertones as well, but they're still the villains and you have right. to keep being reminded of that and be like okay these are the funnest characters that get the sexiest outfits but at the end of the day the x-men have to go back to like putting on their business suits and like going to talk to the un about mutant rights like respectability still matter. like we're not yeah, supposed know, right, to be wearing right. corsets and shit that's bad that's the bad stuff gay people need to like figure out how to look normal for a second and like that is kind of too bad but i i'm enjoying it anyway i i think it like says a lot that basically every gay man loves emma frost right i mean she's much like mr sinister she kind of occupies a similar zone of like being everyone's queen you know she's my queen for sure Mm -hmm. that's she's an important she plays an important role in that sense so, I mean, what we've learned here is that there's feminism and weird body issues going on. And if you have body issues, you're bad. Yep. Thanks. And also being gay is fun until it's scary and you set people on fire and then it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. But uh, then she falls in love with Logan. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. So, so, who's that X-Men? Anyway, ready? <laughs> ready? Uh, ready? <laughs> ready? Let's go. Who's that X-Men? It's Pikachu. <laughs> what? Who uh, is it, though? No, it's Mastermind. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured we should do him because I don't really... I think he appears I don't know in X-Men Evolution. I if he comes back or not. Maybe he well, does. Well, I didn't do Emma because I know that she's like a main character in Wolverine in the X-Men and Shaw also comes back in that. So it's like we should do these characters that we probably won't see too much of uh, after but today. Also, like Emma Also, a lot longer. of this revolved around Mastermind specifically, so... True. 
Okay, go for It'll it. It'll be nice and easy, though. Um, so his real name is Jason Wingard, and he has the powers of illusion, and he can also alter memories. Um, he was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby because he was one of the original villains of the old, old, old X-Men. Mm-hmm. He was one of the founding members of the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which most people don't remember because he's so tied into the Dark Phoenix Hellfire Club storyline. But yeah. then he does become a probationary member of the Lord's Cardinal of the Hellfire Club. So that's what they're actually called. Lord's Cardinal. Great. Before he was part of the Brotherhood, he was a carnival mentalist. And when Mastermind was part of the Brotherhood, he would hit on Scarlet Witch a lot. Not because he actually cared for her, but because he was just so desperately looking for love. Um, I know. Uh, The Brotherhood attempts to lure the Strange to their team, but but during that, Mastermind is turned into solid matter. After that spell wears off, Mastermind joins the Factor 3, who wanted to conquer Earth. I think that was the same group that involved Morph or at some point or I don't remember we talked about them before in a previous episode um, but that team disbands when they found out their leader was an alien and not a mutant um, so Blob, Eunice and Mastermind joined the Brotherhood of Mutants at that point um, and there's like this crazy fucking plot line where a bunch of the characters are turned into babies which we talked about on yes. a different episode not yes. the ones not not to be confused with the ex-babies in Dazzler's Mojoverse this is a different time when Magneto and everybody was turned into babies uh, and until eventually Mastermind is freed, I think, by Magneto. I don't remember the fucking sequence here of what happened. It was stupid. Some people enjoy it, but I was like, um, I'm done with this. Anyway, <laughs> Mastermind uh, joins Hellfire Club, and he poses as Nikos to start as a, ro- a romance with the Phoenix once when they get the Phoenix. And they, he, he and Emma manipulate her just the same way as they do in the show. Uh, Cyclops attempted to free Jean and on the astral plane in her mind, but Mastermind confronts him there and defeats him. The shock of Scott's fake death frees Jean from Mastermind's control, though, which doesn't happen in this. It's actually yeah. Wolverine who frees her, which is interesting, <laughs> an interesting change. Yeah. Uh, and enraged at Mastermind, uh, you know, he and what he did to her, she reaches into his mind and takes, makes him experience godhood for a moment, which leaves him catatonic, which I talked about. So mm-hmm. all that actually happened. The only difference is that, what like... What about the ugliness stuff? Is that in there? No. Huh. Why'd they I mean, add maybe that it in? Is, maybe it is in the comic books, and I just... You will you can tell me when you yeah, get to it again. Yeah, when I get there, I'll tell you. I don't you. remember that being a thing, though. Huh. When Mastermind does eventually recover from this, he seeks revenge on everyone who caused him pain ever, so he strikes down Emma Frost. He leaves her comatose for a little while. He unbalances Rogue's psyche with Carol Danvers, uh, which prompts her to leave Mystique and go to the X-Men. That since the Phoenix is dead, he decides to torture the X-Men instead. So he disrupts Wolverine's wedding with Mariko to make her reject him. And then she joins the criminal underworld. Then he manipulates the X-Men thinking that Madeline Pryor is the new Dark Phoenix. But at this point, Scott eventually figured out that as like mastermind and the X-Men going to feed him. He was just being super fucking petty is what was happening. Yeah. Um, Instigating a bunch of really fun plot lines though and like machinations. Yeah, pretty much. And then Mastermind tries to tap into the Phoenix Force but Rachel Summers and Excalibur and the Nandies like show up and they're like fuck you no and they defeat him and then eventually Mastermind dies because of the legacy virus and begs for Jean's forgiveness and attempt to gain control of the Phoenix again. She forgives him but he dies peacefully after using his final act to save Jean Grey from dying alongside him. So whatever, he does like redeem himself in the last possible second. Uh, <laughs> but it's fucking stupid. But so he does have two daughters though that have been floating around since then. Um, and one of them was an extreme X-Men. The other one was in a different thing. Uh, there's Martinic, Jason and Reagan Wingard. And they're both stronger than the original mastermind. And they're both great. They're both 
one of them goes by Lady Ma- Lady Mastermind. That's the one in Extreme X Men, and they both are like super sexy. But like, <laughs> what if Mastermind was like a really awesome woman instead? And yeah. in fact, two of them, and that's just <laughs> it. This was never officially said, but it's very obvious that in X Men Two, uh, Jason, who is casting Illusions, is supposed to be Jason Wingard right, Mastermind, yes. who also closed his Illusions. But then they changed him for X Two to be Striker's son, and then they just created that character also mm-hmm. in this universe. So there's actually two Jasons in the X Men universe who have the same exact fucking powers because <sighs> we Fox talked is terrible. about that in the X Two episode of this. I am so show. happy for the Fox movies to be over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on it. I'm ready for those to end. But first, we've got a Dark Phoenix one. Yes, which is just in time. If that that ever comes out, that's like a whole conversation that all of our fellow podcasters are also saying. We're like, is this movie actually coming out? Because Kevin Feige said just the other day that this is like within the next six months, they're going to start integrating the X-Men into their plans. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Simon Kimberg needs to I think they should just hurry up and toss that movie on out there. Just go ahead, put it out. I don't know. They're like, we got to reshoot it and make it better. I'm like, there's nothing that's going to save this movie. What do you mean make it better? What, also, what do you mean reshoot it? Didn't they already reshoot parts of it before anyway? Yes, they like, just did it again. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see Mastermind again in X-Men Evolution because I know he plays a bit role in that with Scarlet Witch, at least. And I think maybe another episode. I don't really remember. I just remember the shit with Gar- Scarlet Witch. So, Well, cool. I guess yeah. we'll get there when we get there. And that's it. Mastermind, everyone. Hooray. Anyway, who's gay? mastermind uh mastermind and shaw baby they really are it's so gay in this i I mean other than gambit screaming at wolverine to get up there's really nothing else in this episode that's gay other than those two guys uh, they're really really gay in it though like really gay i like i i know that they're fighting about gene and what she could do and who can control her the most or whatever (laughs) but like they're not really fighting about Jean. They're just flirting with each other. And it's like pretty obvious. Like they're just like using her as a vessel to f- hit on each other. Yeah. I mean, especially just the weird power play between them where Shaw keeps being like, you're fake and you need to prove to me that there's something more to your power than just illusions. And it's like, it's a weird form of male dominance trash talking that ends up seeming sexual because it's us and that's how we interpret everything on this show. But also because in real life that happens. So yeah, it's a weird vibe and it definitely, everything in the Hellfire Club feels very sexy and sexual in, in ways that this show occasionally does and definitely is doing in this episode i mean everybody's got a corset on like i don't know what what else are we gonna take from this like i don't know i mean maybe emma's gay i don't think so i mean emma is kind of like a lone wolf in this you know like she doesn't really have anything any interaction with anybody else she's kind of like yeah i don't care about you guys i'm wearing this corset for me and i am gonna go bye (laughs) (laughs) bye i don't know i think it's just shaw and wingard that's it that's my only vote i don't think there is anybody else i know i think you're right i don't think there was anybody else well they win they are very gay i'm into it i don't know why i think that they would be they would be a lovely couple where they just 
fuck each other all the time. I think there's probably some fun fan fictions out there about about those two guys. I don't I don't know if there aren't. Maybe Let's we look can it write up. it. Mastermind slash Shaw. Gay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, what do you what do you rate the episode? I give it like a three. I was gonna give it a three too. Wow. I mean, I think you should still watch it because it's part of the story and it's very funny. It definitely has some beautiful visual moments. I I feel like some of the jokes are a little tired. I don't know why Wolverine screams "Here's Johnny," let alone all those fat jokes. I don't jokes. know, but I, like I, but th- I, don't, I think it's, it's tough. got good moments. It does have its good moments, but it's also like you've got to watch it being like the Hellfire Club's a D and D group, but also you have to be like prepared for all the weird body shit that's going to happen in this because there's a lot of it. Yeah, and it's annoying. I I mean, it's it's definitely something that hangs over the episode like a sad shadow. Right, and I don't I don't enjoy that part. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Let's do some reader mail. Oh, reader mail. And it's from Drake. So hi, Drake. Hi, uh, Drake. Hey, Maddie and Ryan. At the risk of this question being too open-ended, I want to ask, if you were in charge of putting the X-Men into the MCO, how would it? How would you do it? See you huh. next time. Drake. <laughs> oh, come on, Drake. Haven't we answered this before? I'm pretty sure we have. I bet I, mean, I can answer just, it like, on theorize. Ryan's behalf. Here's how Ryan would do it. Oh, okay. Ryan would introduce them in a series of shows that will appear on the Disney streaming service. And <laughs> they would introduce the original X-Men, but Dazzler would be there and also Iceman would be there. And Wolverine. And Warren. And well, and Warren. Maybe he, Warren would show up later and be introduced like later on. And I don't know, Professor X would like become evil and then go visit Lalandra like pretty early on in the season and then that would be the rest of that. We're just like we'd have to do okay, that's just your fantasy at this point. You're like, I'm let's imagining see yours. I'm imagining yours because I feel like we've already covered this. I don't even know what mine would be. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I think you would just want it to start with like Laura being Wolverine and not even Logan. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it would be that. I would have like Laura and Pixie and, and like that era of yeah. it and like the new Miss Marvel comics and stuff. I would probably do like a totally modern version of it with that. And then I might still have Warren there, but I'd have like the new young Warren. But also you would have Miss Sinister versus Mr. Sinister. Yes, I definitely would. And I'd still have Gambit. And you have Rogue. Because I like, I like the Gambit and Rogue and X-23. I think, okay, I think we both want like this version of Rogue to be in the show and the that movies. That would be fun. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I would want like a gay mom mystique. I think that would be fun to toss in there. Like, an actual gay mystique in there but yeah i don't know i i'm kind of with you in the idea that it would be nice to have the x-men just be a tv show as opposed to a bunch of movies because i feel like movies i don't know I'm, well they're, they're going to be integrated into the movies to some degree but i think really what it's going to be is like they'll st- they'll first integrate wolverine and it's going to be a new actor it's not going to be hugh jackman there's a new rumor floating around that hugh jackman's going to do it and i'm like he is so old at this point I yeah. love him. He's let incredibly him, attractive, but he's not ready to do another 20 years of Wolverine where he's supposed to look like he's 30. Yeah, like it's, it's not happening. It just let him retire. I, I, I don't want that for him. I don't want him to be cursed with that forever. No, I don't either. I loved him as Wolverine. We all know this, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's time for a new Wolverine when me, the Ryan Pagella, who 20 years ago was so obsessed with wanting to fuck Hugh Jackman is that saying, I'm like, 
I like yeah. we need to find a new Wolverine because Hugh Jackman cannot do it anymore. I mean, because I've Wolverine... been saying that since like Logan. After Logan, I was like, all right, we're wrapped up. We don't need any more of this guy. Like, I don't know why anybody would want anything else at that point. But whatever. I don't know either. But I, I think that they're going to integrate Wolverine first, potentially through the, the Avengers. Hulk. But probably the Avengers. I mean, Wolverine is so often a part of Avengers storylines that I feel like that would be. It is very possible that he's going to appear in some form in this upcoming Avengers film. I don't don't, think so. I don't think it's going to be like. There's not enough time. They cannot do that. But I could see him like showing up. It would be like a post credits kind of situation. I mean, maybe, but. I don't know because I they haven't even managed to like get their acts to get I think more likely the post credits would be somebody like Kamala or, or something like that because they've talked about wanting to do a Miss Marvel movie with her. I think no I think that's gonna happen in Captain Marvel. I feel like Wolverine is a year out. They they've got too much red tape they have to get through before we're gonna see that. And I don't know we'll see if, if not Wolverine I think they may reference at the end of Avengers or in the post credit scene, they may... Well, this doesn't matter. We're answering what we would do. Right, right. But they, they may also... Well, but this is what I would do. I would either have it a you scene do with it Wolverine... Right away, basically. No, I would. I would get Wolverine in a bar in the post credit scene, or I would do... This is what I would really do, because I've thought about this one, is that there is a scene after Avengers Endgame in the post credits or in, in between credits what I don't know there's so many fucking credit yeah, scenes like now that like where scenes. one of those extra scenes during or after the credits in which Captain America is talking to Nick Fury and Maria Hill because they've just still dealt with you know um, fucking Thanos and all these power right, people and presumably and, it's and, over by that right point. And, and and what we're gonna probably come to at the end of Avengers Endgame is that we need the Avengers and like you know, there's been all this like shit that's been going on since Civil War about like, you know, are are these vigilantes outlawed? And no, at the end of it, they like figure out they can be, you know, they can still be legally the Avengers. But then I think at the end of that, in a post credit scene, they're like, well, there are other powered people out there, and they're probably like, you mean some of the Inhumans? Are like, no, there's people who are literally powered on Earth that we've been trying to keep track of but they're really hard to find. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And they and, and it's like and they're they're called mutants. Like they'll drop the mutant name and they'll be like, well, and then and then they'll probably reference to some degree Xavier's mansion because of course Nick Fury would know where that is. But you I know, I thought like, you were going to go a different way with it and say they would reference like Weapon X or something and like other uh, no, experimental government programs. Okay, so that that just dropped in the final season of, or not final, at least the final season for Netflix at the end of well, Daredevil. Well, but that's not the same canon as the movies. I know it like kind of is, but it's also not at the same time. Stupidly, I, I no, it is because like they reference the Avengers on those shows, but they're but not like allowed not, to interact or something yeah, i don't know friggin no actually no that's not true either because kevin feach talked about in the last avengers film he almost put in luke cage and jessica jones right you're right i did read that god so, i don't know i don't know okay There's so anyway too many things but at the end of daredevil season three spoiler alert because they, they do the whole thing with bullseye no, I remember. and we his talked skeleton about it at the time. which is made of adamantium his spine is or whatever and they referenced dr oyama maybe so we like, didn't talk about it on this show but we talked about it you and i but that was after the merger happened and i feel like they shot that really fucking fast and got that in there that's what well, i think i yeah but it's i feel like the permissions for netflix are different than for these huge movies with so much money on the line like, i have no just, idea it just seems like those i don't that's know that's how i think they so would integrate slow. it and i think that they would probably put in like the big x-men so you got the five x-men then you have like the 80s run of x-men and then maybe some of the newer incarnations but i think there's going to be a lot of offshoots too like 
when the Disney streaming service starts. I think there's because there's just too many X-Men to put in the films, which is what know, Fox man. keeps on trying to do. This and is it's like never overwhelming worked. to even think about. And it's, yeah, also it's like, but that's the, I know it's so difficult because like when we're talking about putting the X-Men into the MCU, right? It's not like the Avengers, which there's a lot of Avengers too, but there are not as many Avengers as there are X-Men. There are far many more, like so many more. I know, and it's so many characters, and it's like sad to kind of, because I've been going back and reading all these old Phoenix Saga comics, and it's sad to read them and see how many characters are part of them that couldn't be if they were to make it now. Like there's all this storylines with Misty Knight and Jean Grey like being roommates, which I are like from that time period. And it's great. If if they went to Netflix, we could, or not Netflix, if they went to whatever streaming service, we could see that happen. Yeah, and then like also like Nightcrawler will be swinging around and people will make jokes to him about spider-man and it's like well we can't even imagine that world being that big because in the current movies you could never do that because all those people don't know each other but in these comics they've all heard of each other they all live in the same world and it's just like completely normal that that would be the case oh also i think a possibility is that they would do something where they're like scarlet which was not genetically modified she's she is a mutant but like yeah see that seems more likely to me this is outside of what i would do but what i think they would will do is something like that because yeah, they're like, doing the, in the movies they've been like show. oh they're genetically modified but it could have just been like hydra telling them that you know what i mean so also like who cares nobody remembers anything that happened like three movies ago they could just change that nobody no. would even know hey if scarlet witch would get that vision show you know i want that i think that's happening isn't that happening it is all right we have to read this other Oh right, okay, Drake. I blame you for asking us about a question that you knew. I know Drake knew that that was going to happen too. Thanks, Drake. Um, (laughs) uh, So from Soran, 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 Soran. Wow. Uh, Dear and queer Maddie and Ryan, based on your description of Savage Land Savage Heart Part Two. Oh my God! Now, now we are talking about Soran. Uh, I did not expect to really enjoy it very much. However, your reading of the politics make me wonder if this is one of the most interesting episodes of X-Men, the animated series so far. First, it had occurred to me when Ryan says something about Carl's pterodactyl plea, you know, his lycanthropy, that Carl's last <laughs> name is Lycos, which means wolf in Greek, and is obviously part of the lycanthrope, which is a werewolf. Right. Also, I, I finally realized why that old search engine Lycos had a dog as its logo. Oh, my God! Oh! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wow. Lycos. Does that Why still exist? Have a Hold on. I'm looking that up. As it's Lycos.com. Lycos. Oh my god, it still exists and it still has the dog. Wow, that's crazy. Anyway, continue. Uh the fact that the writers originally intended Carl to morph into a bat instead of a pterodon only underscores the tension between the presentation of Sauron as asexual as a sexual deviant or failure and unleashed and the unleashed storm as almost a healthier expression of non-mainstream sexuality. Since vampires feeding on victims is often a sexual or orgasm metaphor, as Maddie pointed out, it only makes it weirder how Carl's powers work. When he drains energy from a normal human, someone who's a non-mutant, or someone ensconced in heteronormativity... Oh my god, big (laughs) words. I hate it when he uses these big words. Sauron! (laughs) Uh, He remains a normal human. But when he drains energy from a mutant, a queer person, he transforms into Sauron and loses control of not only himself, but his memory and claims that Sauron is an utterly separate identity from Carl. It would be a really disheartening episode if that were the only reckoning with queerness. This idea that engaging in queerness is like being possessed almost, and that the behaviors you perform while doing so are almost always malicious or harmful. Fortunately, we are able to see Storm in in full unchecked lesbianic catharsis and not a destructive (laughs) energy. 
that she's able to come back from this sort of subliminating orgasmic ecstatic experience or reflect on it in a, as a positive experience is kind of liberating. I feel like, in part because of internalized homophobia, I personally still struggle with the idea of embracing aspects of queer sexuality as a reaffirming activity and not something to recoil from. So thank you for the critique of that episode. Aww. Um, Soren, you're so much smarter than us. I know. <laughs> he has one other thing to say. In other subjects, I've been thinking about why Apocalypse is so fucking boring. <laughs> Does he have any theories about this? Well, let's go. And the Wikipedia page on him, there's a quote from the woman who created him that says he subscribes the idea of survival of the fittest for mutant kind. Kind of mm. like the shitty eugenists or the social Darwinian, Darwinians who fundamentally misunderstood this theory of evolution right. and misappropriate it in order to kill people they don't like. I think one could read him as sort of hyper-powered Dr. Mengele. I don't know if that's pronounced right. Or Mangali. Uh, maybe it's pronounced just Mangle. Dr. Bangle. Dr. Mangle. Let's just Dr. say Dr. Mangle. That. <laughs> yeah. Although often the way he's presented in the show doesn't have anything that nuanced for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Alternately, since he was created in the 80s and so much stuff from the 80s is about fear of communism, one could read him as kind of a Stalinist tanky. Uh, you know, you'd think that, but then there are all these like Russian themed villains on this show too, that I think are supposed to be the communist characters that we yeah. talked about in various episodes, like the one where Russia's exploded or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's all these, I don't actually know that a, what political mindset Apocalypse is supposed to represent. I feel like if I understood that, I would like be able to either refute him or understand him or as anything. a character. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's like they didn't decide on something for him to be I well don't know. also he was supposed to be the big bad after Magneto but then it didn't really turn out that way so I think they had to find a new purpose for him well he's also too powerful he's so powerful that it becomes boring it's like the Superman problem when no, people I know. don't know how it's to like write Superman Mr. Sinister well. is like way more in, in intriguing and interesting and I, he also is overpowered yeah I mean I still feel like Mr. Sinister is just the more interesting apocalypse he's basically the Nazi doctor he's got the survival of the fittest stuff he's got all the same ideas he's yeah, exactly. mega powered he's basically apocalypse 2.0 on like right. across the board characterization wise villain wise everything anyway yeah. uh, he goes thank you for the weed warnings for these episodes sunglasses <laughs> you're welcome because that is <laughs> no all problem, me who always Soren. says that I hope you were high while watching all of these <laughs> I hope everyone you, was you don't need to be for this episode no I mean, this one fun. is pretty funny even if you're sober i can attest right. to that i i laughed at it like i laughed out loud at oh yeah me said. too i laughed a lot of the shit with emma specifically um yeah he also says also i forced my boyfriend to watch extorting yours and then listen to that episode and he loved it thank you for making a podcast <laughs> that's consistently a high point in my week or month uh Yay. your fervor for the x-men is infectious see you x time soren yay welcome soren's boyfriend if you're still listening welcome to the show do you like how that is also the episode that i recommend to people that it, i'm like i do, you do wanna... too i i don't know where to tell people to start with this show especially if they've never watched right right, right. i just go series. go listen to extremely like, yours because know. that was like the really butter dish and, and the yeah. fucking betty spaghetti and the like uh, you know I, zelda I mean, map I don't know. This is a very niche show. Like you have to kind of care about the X-Men to get into it. But then also you have to be okay with like us talking about Wolverine, Bud fucking Gambit a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know. We, we have a very niche set oh of God. skills that we're bringing to the forefront. Listen, here. I, I really and a appreciate few people that people really like it. And I'm glad those people, I, like I, it. I really appreciate that. Our listeners enjoy us going into the, well, we break it apart. We do the politics and all that. And I appreciate that they like us doing that and breaking down the episode but also appreciate us talking about who's fucking who and like 
embrace the fact that I say Wolverine's fucking everyone, especially me. And sometimes I mean, he it is. Makes... It's canon. Yeah. It's part of it. I know. Except for the part where you're not canonically in the show. Well, yet. we can add me as Dr. Chainlink. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that brings us to the to end of the, the reader end. mail section. Well, speaking of Wolverine fucking everyone, butt plugs. Butt plugs are here, and so are plugs for other content that we make. Oh, no, just so, butt plugs. So, everybody should definitely check out our YouTube channel. We have some awesome X-Men related content up there these what days. What did we put up recently? <gasps> Ryan and I put together a very funny video where I am Gene and he is Scott, and we're making Christmas cookies, and the Phoenix makes an appearance, and it's great. Fans of the Mutant Ages have tweeted at us to say they enjoyed it and i love them for watching yes, it and i hope that the rest you. of you check it out as well because it's funny we've got let's plays up there of x-men related games that we are playing together and we've got other videos that aren't x-men related that are just fun shit we make and so you should you should definitely check out the atomically productions youtube channel but it's mostly and x-men right now it's mostly sure. x-men lately but sometimes there's other stuff. I don't know. You're listening to the Mutant Ages. You probably like the X-Men. You know what? It turns out that Maddie and Ryan enjoy the X-Men. Whatever. Maddie and Ryan enjoy the X-Men, mon ami. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have other stuff at... Okay. What am I even fucking saying? We have a Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Hello. We have a Twitter. It's the Mutant Ages. I'm on Twitter at Mitty Myers. I'm at Ryan Pagella. And if you would like to go on iTunes and drop us a rating or a review or whatever app you use, it would yeah, really help us. It would lot. really help us. Or you could recommend this show to your friends or significant others. You could sit them down, make them watch an episode of the animated series, and then make yeah. them listen to our show, which is really and truly going above and beyond. You could also write into the show and tell us about how you did that absurd thing at themutantages at gmail.com. And <laughs> if you really want to go the extra mile, you could tip us over at our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash Atomic Blue Productions. We have really, really cool fantastic. rewards and videos and bonus audio content, behind the scenes stuff. It's it's great. So we really appreciate everybody who supported us. It helps us make fun videos like the Gene and Scott video that we made and pay for the microphones and equipment and lighting that we use to make that video and have it look so good. So right. we're, thanks we're so much for supporting it. Uh, fan supported podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's just us sinking our money into it or you guys supporting us so yeah and so we really appreciate that support and i think that's everything what did we miss anything i don't know probably we've got facebook we've got tumblr we've got instagram we've got all that stuff you can find us anywhere on any social media platform you desire and you will hear about new episodes new content in those places so subscribe in a place of your choosing mr sinister That's it. Wolverine, call me. I could have said that in any more monotone. (laughs) Wolverine, I'm so tired, but please, please. Wolverine, just pick up that phone and, like, say, click that dick. I don't know. What am I even saying? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Wolverine, call me. at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.